0: conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey seth it's good
1: to have you back on the show thank you for joining us uh, we spent a lot of time on this and i was just talking about mike bobo your, your quote about how he showed a lack of ego when he was working with todd monk and mike and i were both curious how closely they were working together this last season in the national championship year and how much that played into Kirby making this decision because he was thoroughly involved with the game planning.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's something that I'd I'd love to ask uh, Todd Munkin a little bit more on. um, And we may get a chance to do that down the road. He's in Baltimore. Um, But he he definitely gave off the impression that that he was helping a lot. Um, The the quote that I use, he was, was from before the Peach Bowl when he talked about how Bobo was drawing up play cards, you know, like a 22-year-old graduate assistant and just kind of doing that, like, kind of small stuff. And when we did get to go out there for practices and such, like, Bobo was around, but he was also, like, not kind of forcing himself on anything. It didn't, like, look like he – it looked like he knew his place. Um, but I, I've heard that he, he did a lot. Um, and that Munkin on his way out was lobbying Kirby on Bobo's behalf and saying, look, he he helped a lot this past year. Uh, And, you know, I I think that offense was probably going to be pretty good anyway with Stetson Bennett coming back and his experience and Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington and a good line and just everything it had going for it, Kenny McIntosh. But uh, from everything we hear, Bobo was was definitely involved and,
3: and was helpful. I had to get a chuckle out of your tweet the other day, Seth, that said, man, here we go, just to mention of Mike Bobo, and everybody just goes bananas and loses their mind. We were talking about it yesterday, and this isn't a knock on Mark Rick, but it just seemed like there was such a slim margin you know, for success at times with Georgia, which now Kirby has just taken this thing to a whole other level. So Bobo perhaps got under the microscope maybe too much for things that were beyond his control. Would you agree?
2: Yeah. You know, the thing with Rick, the Rick years was – they never could get the offense and the defense very good at the same time. His, right. The start of his tenure, two thousand one to two thousand four, when Brian Van Gorder was there, um, the defense was kind of a linchpin, but the offense was pretty good. You know, David Green, the quarterback, and they were kind of in. It looked a lot like those two thousand fourteen teams, like where you know you had Hudson Mason doing being the efficient, mistake-free quarterback. <laughs> Um, then the offense starts to get going and, and defense during the Willie Martinez years struggles, 2011 Todd Grantham, second year, they're really good. That's the one year that like Bobo seemed to be under the most heat, but then they started to turn around at the end. Um, and then 2012 through 14, the offense was great, but the defense dipped again. So uh, it's, it's, it's interesting You you look at Bobo now and in this second stand at Georgia, the fact that he should always have a really good defense behind him to lean on, which will help with field position. It'll help with, you know, you can win games easier, not having to win shootouts. Um, He should have more talent just because of how they recruit better. He's in an atmosphere where there is full financial support from the athletic department, uh, which helps in all facets. Um, everything is set up for for him to be even better, um, but obviously a lot of people, Georgia fans and the like, are, are nervous because they're they're either remembering the Georgia years wrong, like they're forgetting <laughs> how good it was at the end for him, or they're reacting to that he was fired at Colorado State, not realizing that the offense wasn't the problem there. He just, as a head coach, couldn't hire a, you know, he couldn't get the defense good, but. Offense was good there, um, or that at South they're looking at South Carolina and Auburn, which is a legitimate worry of like, okay, well, they weren't good at those two places, but that the, those two situations were also different, you know, because we the two head coaches are, are no longer there, um, and in fact, one of them is back here at Georgia, and probably certainly recommended to, to Kirby Smart that uh, hey, my offensive coordinator in 2020 was not the problem.
1: Yeah, Seth, it's a great point. Work environment matters. That's what we're talking about. I mean, he went because you don't pass up these jobs, and it's what he does, but the environment sucked. So he wasn't mm-hmm. successful. The environment here is arguably the best in college football, and that is why you have to believe that he's going to be pretty good. Seth Emerson joining us here on Sports Radio 92 the Game. What about the development of quarterbacks, though? What about Vandergriff? What about Carson Beck? What about that aspect of this for Mike Bobo?
2: That's really interesting because you, you, the, no one wants to make a comparison to 2015, the year after Bobo left, um, and Brian Schottenheimer coming in. But uh, that was a situation where they needed to find a new quarterback also and had a new coordinator. Um, Brian Schottenheimer came in and didn't like the three quarterbacks he had in spring practice. And if you remember, they went and got Grayson Lambert who ended up being the starter. Um, This time Bobo has been around for a year. So he's seen these three guys up close, but you still wonder because people have said, and and I, I believe this, that if Bobo had stayed, if he had not gone to Colorado state, that Bryce Ramsey would have been the starter that year. That doesn't guarantee that he would have been successful just that, He he had recruited Bryce Ramsey. He liked him, would have been the guy they wouldn't have gone and gotten. Although he tried to get Grayson Lambert to Colorado State for what it's worth. Anyway, total history lesson that nobody really asked for. But (laughs) same idea (laughs) Yeah, same idea that you now have new thinking. A lot of people think that Carson Beck's gonna be the starting quarterback based on he's been the number two, the clear number two last over the last year, and that Cod Munkin liked that kind of quarterback to run his system, he liked a strong armed more pocket oriented guy is Bobo going to scramble that thinking? is he a little bit more enamored of the dual threat ability of of um, of Brock Griff or even Gunnar Stockton who can run a little bit better than um, than Beck also, or is he a, a pocket guy as well um, or, but does he just think one of the other guys might be better. Um, it's it, it's going to keep Carson Beck on his toes for sure um, and maybe a better excuse for them to claim that they don't have a starting quarterback after spring practice in an effort to prevent one of the three from wanting to go in the transfer portal. Um, but it, it, it is going to be interesting. I, I think the the thing that you can say, though, is that with Mike Bobo, there, there is a definite track record there of developing quarterbacks and, and right. coaching up
1: quarterbacks.
3: It is Seth Emerson, guys, in the Athletic, giving us the breakdown. As we found out yesterday, it's official Mike Bobo is going to be the OC. And it's funny because we haven't even seen Vandegrift, haven't even seen Gunnar Stockton, mm. and already I'm hearing about Dylan Raiola, a five-star quarterback <laughs> who uh, yeah. apparently has decommitted from Ohio State and is purported to have a nice relationship with Mike Bobo. That's another thing. Monk hated recruiting because pro guys don't like doing that, and Bobo's a great recruiter too.
2: He, there are many, the way I put this, and this is kind of, it's a little bit harsh for both, but like, I'm sorry, the way to put it, Georgia slightly downgrades on the field as offense, you know, as play caller. If you go, just go by track record, right. but they upgrade off the field. Uh, you sure. have, yep. Bobo is definitely a better recruiter. I mean, not just quarterbacks. He was, he recruited like the number one prospect in the country, Trenton Thompson um for the two thousand fourteen class, um for out of Albany because Bobo knows everybody in the state of Georgia, including in South Georgia. So he that's always been his strong suit. He's also a glue guy, uh, behind the scenes. He's been around here forever. He knows everybody. People tend to like him. Um and, you know, he the multiple people have always told me that if he had never left for Colorado State, they don't think the chaos that ensued in 2015 would have happened. He he and Will Friend were the ones who also went with him to Colorado State, were the ones who were kind of a good buffer between Jeremy Pruitt and his people and the other people who were more used to the Georgia way of doing things. And when they left, that broke down. Um, Like you said, work environment, it's, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a strong one. Now I know a lot of people said they wanted to kind of bring in new ideas and someone that's fresh the way Munkin was 3 years ago. Well, I think they needed that 3 years ago. The question is do you need that now? The way things are, I think the the argument that they were fine staying in house is that they, you know, don't need to blow this offense up. It's it's going great. And then the second best argument is look at Alabama and Notre Dame's offensive coordinator searches, you know. I I don't think right. there's a great, like, home run hire out there this hiring cycle.
1: I'm going to end this with a quote in your story where you talk about uh, where you talk about uh, the comment. I think this is from Munkin where he said before the Peach Bowl, Mike Bobo's heart is at Georgia. Will Muschamp's heart is at Georgia. I'm a vagabond. I love it at Georgia, but I'm not born here. That's not who I am. That's okay. It doesn't mean that I didn't give everything I can to the University of Georgia, but their heart's here. So we're okay with friends working through this and being for this and in this with Kirby, right? Because that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about Will Muschamp, one of his closest friends. We're talking about Bobo, one of his closest friends. And now those guys are running his defense and his offense. And really, that's what this is, right, Seth? And he trusts them that this is going to work. And it has, of course, with Muschamp. Now you need to figure it out and make sure it works with Bobo.
2: It, it's fine as long as these guys have a track record. As long as these are guys who would have been hired at other programs. And Bobo, from what I hear, turned down a chance to be Mississippi State's offensive coordinator this cycle. Um, he's obviously got a proven track record that would make him attractive to other programs as an offensive coordinator. Um, and must champ, like, his problem has been head coaching. It hasn't been his defensive coordinator. So yeah. there's there's nobody, I think, that can say that Kirby is just hiring his friends, especially since, you know, he has two rings. I think <laughs> right. exactly. at this point, his hire. hiring policy uh, seems to, you know, have earned him the benefit of the doubt.
3: And could he be the new car wash like Saban is, the way it sounds like Sarkeesian and Lane Kiffin? Sanford,
2: yeah, I mean, it could be that way. I mean, that's that's the thing. You build up a culture, and you get these guys in the culture that's good and productive and these guys, and they were able to do that with a guy like Darian Kendrick during the 2021 season who had a lot of troubles at Clemson, and a lot of programs wouldn't touch him, and they brought him in, and he was fine. Like He, he went through his senior year at Georgia. Um, that doesn't mean they haven't had guys run into problems. Clearly they have. Uh, but not a huge amount, and I, I think the culture they've brought, they've instilled, and have going here. Um, and it's not even so much a Kirby Smart thing. It's some of the guys behind the scenes: Thomas Settles, Bryant Gant, um, names that a lot of people on the outside may not know, but who on the inside are a big part of just kind of forming a, a good culture at, within the program. And um, that that about players now, but I think that that goes for coaches now, too. And, of course, a lot of it's because you're successful. You know, you went on the field, and that makes people happy and makes them question things less.
3: Yeah, man, I like, I like what I got from Seth. I know a lot of folks yesterday, the initial reaction was, we joked around last week, but Bobo, no! When you put it in the proper perspective, and, and again, guys work with guys they know, but, I mean, Kirby's not going to suffer for a bad season if Bobo's gone. If Bobo's not doing the job, they'll, they'll get somebody else in there, but... Things are in such a better place for Bobo now to maybe do what he did and not have to worry about the defense letting him down. I uh, I, I think Seth, his
1: insight into this whole thing and, and telling us a lot of the info maybe some of us didn't know, right. really interesting stuff. Kirby trusts his guys, and that's what it comes down to. We're going to talk about trusting our team tonight in a big contest against the Knicks. We'll talk about it next.
3: Not me personally. <laughs>
2: Eight nine zero two two thousand.
1: Why is this a big game tonight for our Atlanta Hawks? One, it is the final game before the All-Star break, as Mike has pointed out. Nine days these guys will get between now and the next game. Two, it's the New York Knickerbockers who are in town, and they are sitting in front of us in the standings. Three. It's a big game because we need some momentum yeah. heading into the last part of the season. And we said this, guys. This is literally not the halfway point. Mike,
3: how many games are left? Twenty-four, counting this. After the next game, twenty-three left. Can you go fourteen and nine? Can you go fifteen and eight? Of course you can. Could you go sixteen mm-hmm. and seven? Of course, Chris, stop it. Of course you can. That's a lie. <laughs> of course. What makes this, you think this team couldn't do that? This team's best was what a five-game win streak. Can you win five in a row? Of course they can. All right. Schedule gets a little bit more interesting. Steve uh, Holman joined us earlier. They got Miami. They got two with Miami. The good news is win tonight, take nine days off, get your intensity back because you're so intense. Wait, 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 wait. Why did you say it like that? Well, I mean, it's not just the Hawks. It's just the NBA, this ridiculous, convoluted, late-in-the-season all-star break, which really gives credence to guys like me who for years said, you know, the season really really gets started left of the All Star break
0: because that's when you make your
3: run. But now nine days off for everybody. You come back a team which hasn't shown a lot of hustle, a team which hasn't shown a lot of defense. And now after nine days on the beach, they're going to come back and they're going to ramp it up, ramp it up. Okay. And they're going to lock in that six seed. Let's now, go. Yeah, you, know, you have a chance. You're going to beat the Knicks tonight. Yes. You got a bunch of games with the Heat, but you got to play some D. It's all about the D. It starts with the D. Always. And we don't play no D. All right, it's fair.
0: That was what I have
3: to.
1: Okay, st- I stop, Chris. I have to say oh, it's all about the D,
3: Chris. I mean, that's that's
1: no, a no, that's part is absolutely true. I uh, I have to believe that something positive is going to happen with this team. I I cannot, Chris, stop it. I cannot continue to go through the rest of this season not believing that something incredibly positive is going to happen. Well, you
3: know, what we need we need to, to Have everybody bring it in, go, guys. We need to step up. And that's it. Who's going to step up? Who's going to be that guy? Who's going to be that guy? Wait a minute. Not me personally. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to be that guy? Who's going to rally this team? Is it going to be Trey, our all-star? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, DeJounte's the guy who's kind of like got the balls on this thing. John Collins has stepped up a few times. But John Collins, any leadership role John gets, usually gets undercut by all the trade rumors every year. You can imagine to a degree. It's true. But Steve Holman, for what it's worth, I know when you guys saw the other guys on the trade when Kaminsky got traded and they brought Frank Bruno, uh, Bruno, uh, who am I forgetting? Fernando. Fernando back. Yeah. And Frank Bruno, the British heavyweight champion, came back. (laughs) But, no, these guys – Apparently, there are good dudes in the locker room, and maybe that will help. And I, I guess. Who knows? I just, do your job. Play defense. Hit the three-point shot. Motion offense. This is it's like bang, bang, bang. Every game when we lose, those things don't happen.
1: Yeah, I know Steve Holman told us that uh, when we interviewed him about Bruno Fernando. Here's the deal. If you're telling me the locker room culture needed to be increased or it needed to be no, no. upped, the, you know, up the ante in the locker room, that's what we're worried about? I don't know, and I'm not criticizing the comments of our buddy Steve Holman. If this is true, then what's going on with the morale in the locker room where right. this is, you know, he, he helps that. Listen, I think you, we, we don't talk about this enough, Mike. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We've said this. The frustrating thing about our team right now is we're good enough to play with anybody. Why it's not clicking right. all the time, I, I don't have the answer to that, right? If we did, we'd be in Vegas. We probably be, wouldn't be here.
3: Right, right. But, not ready to go.
1: But those are the things and if you're telling me that we've made a couple of deals and these guys are gonna help and that's their role then that tells me there's something going on so man.
3: We, we, we basically dropped Kaminsky for a couple of cheerleaders that's what you that's what I'm saying yeah salary I mean, it's a salary dump but at least they're good teammates well that's, I would hope so yeah.
1: but I just I don't know and, and again Steve Holman came on the show he was like look here's what I know these guys are liked and they're good teammates and that's all fine and dandy but you know what I want? Dubs. Right. I need wins. I need D. I need you to get stops when, when you need to get right. stops.
3: Now, Sadiq Bey, I think his role is going to increase. I think you're going to see him I do too. get more comfortable. Again, you just don't show up in your first game and drop 25. You get involved with your teammates. We said it last uh, earlier in the week. Kyrie and Luke are going through it. I'm sure that Durant will go through it with the Phoenix Suns. But in this case, the Knicks, I should say, the Knicks have made a move. Guys who do have some chemistry, it is interesting. Jalen Brunson reunited with his former teammate Josh Hart from Villanova. They were really high on Brunson, as you mentioned, was kind of lost in Dallas behind Luka. So they got something going. They also get a bitter pill off the roster because Cam Reddish didn't want to be there. Yeah. They obliged him, shipped him to Portland. So let's see what way they can do. I know that, you know, the, the Knicks are a team which we're looking up at, and they're just a half game behind Miami. So the Knicks look at this like, hey, We win tonight, we could lock in. We're in a playoff position going to the All-Star break.
1: Yeah, I don't think the Knicks come in here and lay down. Um, As far as the series is concerned, you know we talked about this. Hawks won a one thirty nine one twenty four matchup that was back on January twenty first. Right. So, I, I don't think the Knicks forget that we have been you know pretty good this year in this season series where they're going to come in here and just hand this thing over. But, man, we need a good
3: performance tonight. By the way, pregame starts at 7. Tip is at 7.30. And, hey, guys, a programming note for Atlanta United fans. We're also your home of the Five Stripes, who, by the way, announced their new kit. And what's old is new, going back to the old duds, which I love for the 17 and, of course, 18 championship season. Tonight, guys, United taking on Deportivo Toluca FC. This is the America Family Insurance Cup. There will be a trophy awarded tonight next door at mercedes-benz hear it on star 94 with a mike conti and jason Longshore. yeah it's gonna be interesting man i i think the and i said to mike can i pull out my old kit because it's just like the old kit and it is in essence except well, you said it has the, the, the apple apple uh, apple logo one thing we did learn you asked me earlier in the show have i bought the apple soccer package yes yet? i have not but interesting little factoid for especially folks on streaming on your phone one of the options, Squidbilly, our producer, Bo Morgan, just saw this. He got a note from Apple that if you do have the Apple soccer package from L.S., you have the option of listening to your hometown radio if you're in North America, which is pretty cool. I mean, so that's a kind of a really cool option if you're and we're, not everybody has a great radio deal like we've got with Atlanta United, but the idea you could watch it on TV and be synced up with a radio broadcast. That's pretty cool. No, that's, it's that's, great. A, that's compelling to me. It's great, man. I,
1: th- I think that part of it is cool. I- I'm not sure about not being able to turn on valleys, all right, right. which we've been spoiled, no, I, I think, I still and think, not watch a match right. when they're on the road, Mike, and, I, and I now I have to pay for it. I get it. This is where we are in the world of sports, but I, I don't like that. So I've got to get used to that aspect right. of things with Atlanta
3: United. No, I, mean, I think you're right. I still think you got to have a little more mass communication between your fans and your wannabe or your new fans as opposed to – I get it. Younger folks, i got no problem with Apple, but old folks like me – I'm in my house. What do I got to do? Where's my contraption? I got to, yeah. I mean, I know, we're lazy. But I think a lot of people are really excited about the deal. And according to most soccer fans we spoke to, it doesn't break the bank. So if you're used to paying for TV a la carte like your Sunday ticket, this is just another step in that direction. No, it is. I'm just looking at all the damn a la, la right. cartes I've got right now. Well, that's now. just it. If I want to see my Mandalorian, I got to go to Disney. Yeah. If I want to see everything on Paramount, you know, like Paramount T- Plus. Tulsa. Yeah, you know, I got all these things are going on. You get to the point, and look, I get it, but eventually you do look at your, you look at your TV bill, and all of a sudden it's like a Chinese menu. No, no, and there's it's a lot of stuff it's going it's on.
1: It's long, and, and that's the only thing. And, and I, this popped up on my uh, my screen the other night where you know it said, "Hey, coming," because the MLS season is right around the corner. Right. Hey, uh, just real quick. And it had the two prices on there. And I just, I think it was one was the year-long price and then the monthly. And I was like,
3: oh. Hey, one note, this has nothing to do with uh, Metro Atlanta, but it's something we talked about on the show because at the time, it was a top-10 basketball program. Yeah. With a coach who's been on fire. And then things went off the rails for Chris Beard in his personal life, domestic violence charges. Well, he got fired by the University of Texas. And just what now? And, and they didn't pay him out because yeah. of the charges. Show cause. But less less than about five or six weeks later, the district attorney in Austin drops the case, no charges. A little bit too late, Mike. Interesting. I mean, a little bit if, too late. I know there's always three sides to every story: his, hers, and what happened. And we in no way want to rationalize any kind of violence towards women, but it is interesting that this guy loses an unbelievable job; he was doing a great job. At least now, maybe because of this, they'll get another opportunity to coach somewhere else.
1: Coming up, we got uh, the Hawks. But before we get to that, we got to get to tonight's game winner.
3: Brother, sad news today, we lost Raquel Welch. She was 82. And I don't know about you, but for guys like me and Steve Holman, that was an iconic person, one of the most beautiful women in the whole wide world, who was when you were a kid. The poster on the wall or the woman you thought was the most beautiful woman in your world. Bonus points if you say your mom. Okay. But that's, that's already coming. Our Mother's Day was already here.
0: Four zero four seven
3: four one zero nine two nine. The most beautiful woman in the world.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. And the winner is... Time to take the game
1: winner on Dukes and Bell. Your last chance to sound off on today's show. So don't stink. Call now, 404-741-0929. Today's question...
3: All right, man, maybe it was Farrah Fawcett. Maybe it was Pam Greer. Who was your woman back in the day? Maybe it's today. Who was, uh, in your estimation... And for me, Carl, I just... I mean, Raquel Welch would be number one. Yeah. Number one. And Margaret's number two. Okay. For my childhood. And then number three would be Farrah Fawcett.
1: Yeah, Vanessa Williams, man, when she made the cover of Yes and 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 was yes. doing all the things that
3: Vanessa Williams, son, <laughs> come on now, still beautiful. Oh, she's unbelievably oh. beautiful. Yeah, so we're throwing it out there. Uh, there's no wrong answers here. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And to the women that are out there, we know that it's what's on the inside that matters most. By the okay. way, we did
1: get a get a woman. Uh, she goes by the name of a Beach Diamond. That's her Twitter handle. I like she it. says, "Hey, blank holes." That's what she says to us. Uh, women listen to this show, too. And for me, it was Ronnie DeVoe of New Edition. <laughs> he was my
3: poster on my
1: wall. Nice.
3: Love you guys, Dawn. Nice. Yeah, so again, we're not going to be sexist. We don't, We encourage the women to call. They just don't want to call. Wow. They don't want to wait, Carl. Ronnie impatient. DeVoe. <laughs> so if you women want to give us your sexiest man in your guesstimation, yes, past or present, please do. It's always Ladies First on Tukes Bell. But today, it's Curtis First. Curtis, Curtis Blow. Hey, man, you're in the game. Curtis, what you got for us? And I want you to know that these are, are the braids.
0: Check <laughs> it out there.
3: Listen, I got two of them for you. I got two of
0: them for you, right? So, let's go with Jane Kennedy and my own, my favorite, um, Wonder Woman, Linda Lady Carter.
3: Carter. Oh, good call. Oh, good I call. Loved, you know, Linda Carter's got to be in my top five. And, by the way, he's 100% right. Jane, you and I talked about Jane Kennedy. Yeah, we did. When Jane Kennedy replaced Phyllis George, oh, my God, I loved her. Loved her on the NFL <laughs> on CBS. I loved her. I loved her Indeed. so much. Yes. Except her husband kept going in prison. Oh, those were movies. Yeah, you know, that's Leon true. Isaac Kennedy. That's true. Hey, man, let's go to uh, Brandon. Hey, man, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> what are you
2: hey, man. Hey, man. Hey man. Hey, guys, uh, my top three, uh, I got to put Jennifer Aniston, number one. Zoe wow. Zooey Deschanel, number two. Wow. And uh, the third one's a
1: toss-up between the girl who played Kelly Kapowski on Saved by the Bell and Christina Applegate.
3: Nice. little contemporary. Christina going back in, Applegate. Going back to the 90s, yeah. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, man. And she still looks good, too. Yeah, she does. Indeed. Married with children. Christina, Who's Christina Applegate? Applegate. Hey, man. We got uh, Adam. Hey, big A, man. You're in the game. It's Dukes and Bell live at State Farm. What you got? Hey, man. Hey, man. So, pre-teen years, I have to say Cindy Crawford was the one that made me realize women were beautiful. But then coming into the teenage years in the early 90s, the woman on the wall was Pam Anderson. Hmm. Pam Anderson. By the way, her little thing on Netflix is pretty interesting. No, it really is. It's good. It talks about all her former loves and her career. It's really I told, fascinating. I told Bo after
1: watching it, I actually liked her more. Right. Because I didn't know – like, there's a lot that we knew about Pam Landerson because they lived in the public eye. Right. But, but hearing her side of it, I said to Bo, I
3: really liked – or even more right. after the uh, the documentary. They still talked about, you know, like the the relationship with Tommy Lee from Motley Crue and how they always have a special place. But, you know, they're just toxic. They are love hate. They're just all over the well, place. Well, after she or he allegedly put his hands on her, she yeah, talked about it. it. Yeah,
1: that he could that she could never go back. And, and her three, now they're grown men. Right. And, and they they go back and read her diary. If you've not seen it, it's really right. good.
3: Hey, man. <laughs> We're doing a radio show, bro. You find it on your own. Hey, man. Damn, Knicks fan. Ask me where the head's at. Just go Follow your nose. Hey, man, let's go to Chuck. Chuck's Damn up next. Knit fans are obnoxious, bro. Well, I'm wearing a headset. What am I, a time-life operator? Boo! Hey, man, Chuck, you're in the game, man. What do you got? Hey, man. Hey, hey man. man. I think
1: y'all appreciate this one, man. Bernadette Stanning, Thelma from Big yes, yes, sir. Oh,
3: yes. Yes, sir. She always wore some hot outfits, too. You know what?
1: Thelma was, was underrated. Would you take the shirt and tie it up in a knot? Thelma was underrated, yeah. man. Right. And, and like... I got to tell you, like, that was the show for my brothers and sisters, and they brought me into it. And I was the one sitting there because I was the youngest, like, I like Thelma. And my oldest <laughs> brother's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I think she
3: was underrated. Ooh. She was super hot. By the way, hey, man, what's going on? Hey, you man, know what? I just realized the guy with the next guy, why don't you take your sunglasses off, Jack Legg? You'll maybe find out where the uh, metro. Yeah, uh, This dude. How do you wear? We're well, wearing sunglasses indoors, <laughs> and you're wearing Knicks gear, so you're automatically a clown. <laughs> And then you're going ask where the bathroom is? Wearing a knock-up shirt. You see that nonsense? Oh, I saw it. Hey, man, Chris. He was this close to getting cussed out is what he's about Chris, to get. He said, where's the bathroom? What do you think we're doing over here, man? Chris is in the game. Hey, man, what do you got for the most beautiful women in your guesstimation?
1: Hey, man. Hey, man. I got two. Uh, the first is the disco goddess and had that long, black, curly hair, Donna Summer. Summer. Oh, my Ooh. God. Donna Summer. Yeah. woo and then my second one. stuff. Right. I remember her. And then my second one, the original Cougar, Joan
2: Collins, Dynasty. Oh,
3: <laughs> oh nice pull. Dynasty. Joan Collins. Yes, sexy. Liz Taylor, when she got it together, was a knockout too back she in was. the day. No, man. Liz Taylor's a pretty woman. I Chris. Who's it for
1: you? We never asked you. Oh, Carmen Electra in the 90s. Yes.
3: <laughs> Good call. Yes. Met her with Dave Navarro uh, in Miami years ago at a, at a at a heat game I met her as well with Dennis Rodman <laughs> <laughs> when they were
1: kicking it hey now Dennis was like this is Carmen. I was like, I know who she, she
3: is. said She's a blast. Craig
1: She's... With I, I, I got to tell you, I was thoroughly impressed in, in person right. with her, but that's, that's right going on. back a ways, man. Right yeah. On. Yeah. Hey, good job today, man. We're going to break early, Carl. We're going to come back, get you ready for the Hawks. Yeah, man. Pre-game's coming up at seven. We'll get you filled in on some of the things you might've missed today. What's coming up on the show tomorrow. We're live at state farm arena. It's Dukes and bell.
0: This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,